0: Welcome to the Amateur Church Podcast, where we pursue excellence in ministry with the right motivation for the sake of love. I'm Pastor Matt, and I'm so thankful that you are on this disciples' journey with me. This is a call for anyone who is tired of church being a programmed organization. You see, I want to be an amateur, at least in the sense that how I lead, preach, and serve is based on love. I want my love for Jesus Christ and love for others to be my motivation. This is not a push to become lazy or unskilled in abilities. In fact, I believe that when churches get back to being amateurs, we will actually see a greater excellence in our lifestyles. So thank you for joining me in rejecting a professional Christianity that seeks my own glory and rediscovering a passion for Christ and His Church. This week, we're reading through the book of Proverbs. Proverbs is one of my favorite books because it has not only theological truths for us, but practical application more so than almost any other book for our lives. Now, today is about theological truths. What can we learn about God, ourselves, and our relationship to God and with God for uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ? So, In order to do that, we need to really understand what exactly are Proverbs. So when we look at the 31 chapters of Proverbs, uh, there's a lot going on in this book. And sometimes when we read the book of Proverbs, uh, some of it makes a lot of sense, and then others don't really make any sense because it's not uh, joined together chapter through chapter. There are sometimes where there's just one statement, then the very next verse has something totally different to say. And so, how do w- what sense do we make from all of this? Well, remember, we want to understand the context, the culture, and how it points to Christ. So let's answer this first question: What are proverbs? Uh, some have said that proverbs are brief sayings that teach a lesson, you know, morals in in a sense, wisdom sayings. In other words, proverbs are short sayings drawn from long experience, and that's really kind of the the, the mindset I want you to have going through. This book. Now, we're not going to read through every single chapter and every single verse, but we are going to get sort of an overview. And we'll do this by looking mainly at the first eight to ten chapters and looking at really the last few chapters of the book of Proverbs and get an overall view, kind of of, uh, a bird's eye view of what's going on in this book. We see a lot of practical wisdom, and that's the purpose of the book, to give practical wisdom and insight for the follower of God. And so, as we just got through the past couple of weeks, looking at the book of Psalms, many have said that what Psalms is for our devotional life, Proverbs is for our practical life. And there are 917 recorded Proverbs in this book. Now, that's amazing to me. 917 words of wisdom or phrases of wisdom for us to apply. So... Who wrote the book of Proverbs? Well, when we look at chapter 1, verse 1, it says the Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel. And so uh, many of us just automatically assume all of the book of Proverbs is Solomon. Well, that is true that Solomon wrote the majority of the Proverbs. In fact, he probably wrote more than what is recorded in this book. We know that he wrote over 3,000 wisdom sayings. Uh, that the Old Testament uh, says or, or records. We just don't have every one of them. But Solomon's not the only one recorded in this. We see that uh, the main text of uh, of Proverbs is chapters 1 through 9 that determine what type or who is the wise person. And then we see Proverbs of Solomon that were written and compiled by him. That's chapters 10 through 24. Then we see Proverbs of Solomon that were compiled by men of Hezekiah. So Solomon wrote them, but then other men uh, compiled them, edited them, put them together. That's chapters 25 through 29. But then you get to chapter 30 and you find out that it's the words of Agor. uh, And then chapter 31 are the words of Lemuel. And so there's a uh, a lot of different authors and editors that kind of bring these texts together, but primarily Solomon. But the author is not so much as important as the perspective of the author. All of these individuals that are writing, write from a perspective of words of wisdom from a father to a son. Now, in fact, there are uh, several places in chapter one is, is a very important place that says in verse eight, hear my son your father's instruction and do not forsake your mother's teaching." And that that type of phrase will be repeated all throughout Proverbs. The perspective of the author is this, whether it's Solomon or Agor or Lemuel or an an unattributed author, uh, the perspective is it is a wise individual of one generation speaking to an individual who needs wisdom uh, in a different generation. And we need to be reminded that godly counsel is very profitable for us. We need God's counsel through individuals who are older in the faith than we are. And so as you look at the book of Proverbs, there are four major aspects I want you to gain. Four main theological truths. Truth number one, wisdom is found in the fear of the Lord. Look at Proverbs chapter one. Uh, It says, Verse 2, to know wisdom and instruction, to discern the sayings of understanding, to receive instruction in wise behavior, righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the naive, to the youth, knowledge, and discretion. A wise man will hear and increase in learning, and a man of understanding will acquire wise counsel. To understand a proverb and a figure, the words of the wise and the riddles. So he gives kind of the purpose of the book, but notice what he says in verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of of knowledge fools despise wisdom and instruction so wisdom is found in the fear of the lord and and this goes far beyond just intellectual assent this goes to an obedience of the heart if you do not fear god then you may have all the knowledge and information at your grasp even on your cell phone but you do not have wisdom wisdom is different than just intellectual information second wisdom is given as we follow the lord so i want you to consider this not only do you fear the lord but as you obey and follow him more wisdom is given look at uh, look at proverbs chapter 2 verse 1 my son if you will receive my words and treasure my commandments within you and then notice kind of all the elements of the individual's life that he mentions Make your ear attentive to wisdom. Incline your heart to understanding. He then says uh, in verse uh, 6, "...for the Lord gives wisdom. From His mouth will come knowledge and understanding." He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice. He preserves the way of his godly ones. Do you see the importance there of not just talking about wisdom, but living it out? And that more wisdom is given, the more that we're obedient to following him. So wisdom is found in the fear of the Lord. Wisdom is given as we follow the Lord. Third, wisdom is taught in the authorities of life. This goes a little further in how do we how do we gain wisdom as we follow the Lord? Well, we obey the authorities of our life. Now, we don't like that idea. We don't like that our flesh kind of rises up against that many times with the word authority. We don't like to submit. But think through this. And and Proverbs is not the only book that covers this. We see that there are three major aspects of authority in our lives based on the word of God. First, we have God ordaining the family. If you read Deuteronomy chapter 6, 4 through 9, we see the role of the parents in training their children in godliness. That's an authority from the beginning, and you can tell a lot by a lot about someone's future and how they respond to their family authorities. Deuteronomy 6 but God also ordained the government. Romans chapter 13, 1 through 6, 1 Peter chapter 2, 11 through 17. God ordained the government to be an instrument of authority in our lives. This is um, whether this is police, whether this is uh, uh, certain political leaders, that He sets up uh, princes, kings, rulers, presidents to to lead us in authority. But then, One authority that you may not think about quite often is not only family, not only government, but the church. Ephesians chapter 2, 11 through 22 uh, reminds us that we have a gift given to to, to the world, uh, or to, uh, yes, to the world, and that is the church. We then see in Ephesians 4 that God has gifted to the church certain leaders. 1 Peter chapter 5 reminds us that there are leaders in the church who steward and and keep watch over individuals souls and so so remember that God ordains the church as an authority in our life. We are not individualistic, but we have been brought together uh, for, for good, for, for God. But we also see that God, God ordains the church uh, not only to be an authority in believers' lives, but an authority in the world to press for and to live out righteousness. Look at Proverbs chapter 31, verse 8. Open your mouth for the mute, for the rights of all the unfortunate. Open your mouth, judge righteously, and defend the rights of the afflicted and the needy. So God ordains the family. He ordains the government. He ordains the church. So how do we respond to the book of uh, Proverbs within uh, talking about authorities? Well, we first must guard our thoughts. Uh, one, one of the things I love about the book of Proverbs is he, uh, the, the author reminds us that everything that we do begins with what we think, the perspective we have. So in Proverbs 4.23, 12.25, chapter 23, verses 29 through 30, just a few verses that remind us about how important our thoughts are. And he says to consider our speech. Proverbs 10, 19 through 21, Proverbs 13, verse 3, Proverbs 15, verse 1, Proverbs 17, verse 28, and Proverbs 21, verse 23. All of these uh, talk about how our words matter. What we say will either encourage or discourage, bring life or bring death. And so write those uh, verses down. And then we must not only guard our thoughts and our speech, but examine our own relationships. When we think about the authorities of our life, you know, realize that we have relationships with others and they become a sort of authority. They dictate who we become. Uh, the author of Proverbs talks about our families in chapter 6, verse 20, chapter 10, verse 1, chapter 28, verse 24, chapter 13, verse 24. Talk about how our families can encourage us or discourage us. Our friends, one of the reasons I I, I relate uh, to many young people, the importance of Proverbs is because our friends will either make us or break us. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20, 26, verse 20, and 27, verse 17, describe the importance of friends as those who sharpen us. And then, Proverbs tells us to engage in our work. Chapter 13, verse 4, chapter 19, verse 24, and chapter 27, verse 23. Talk about a good work ethic. One of the most important things is the purity of our lives. Uh, Proverbs, uh, the the beginning of Proverbs, uh, talk about uh, chapter 5 and 6 and 7, how we live with purity. In fact, chapter 12 contrasts the upright and the wicked uh, of, of those who follow after God and those who foolishly rebel against God. And then how we handle our finances, chapter 15, 16, and 17. Chapter 20, verse 17, chapter 21, verse 13, and chapter 30, verses 7 through 9, all talk about our finances. So again, walk through our relationship with family, with friends, with work, with purity, with finances, and it shows us the importance of wise decisions. So that goes back to the authorities of our life. So real quick, remember these. Wisdom is found in the fear of the Lord. Wisdom is given as fo- as we follow the Lord. Wisdom is taught in the authorities of 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 our life wisdom is lived out in how we uh, examine our thoughts speech and relationships but finally wisdom is ultimately experienced in the person of Jesus Christ as we consider the book of proverbs consider chapter 8 as a picture of wisdom verses 22 through 31 tells us that from everlasting i was established from the beginning from the earliest times of the earth that we see that Jesus Christ is the the wisdom incarnate, that he is the one who possesses all wisdom. And he is the one that we should live our lives in worship of and in obedience to. As you look at First Corinthians chapter one verse 30, it says, But by his doing you are in Christ Jesus who became to us Wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. So Christ is described as the ultimate wisdom. And we experience wisdom as we fear him, follow him, obey him. And we get to see righteousness, sanctification, and ultimately redemption. As we close out this episode today, I want to bring to you the prayer point of the week. And the prayer point really focuses on what we're reading in Proverbs that God would teach us to, with wisdom and discernment and understanding, and understand today that the only way to have wisdom is to fear the Lord. God asked Solomon, If I could give you one thing, what would you ask for? And Solomon says, give me wisdom. Let me rule justly and righteously. May that be our prayer today. Because the only way that we can ultimately have wisdom in our lives is to follow Jesus Christ. Christ died, was buried, rose again, so that we might live with him and live for him. You see, you may be reading the book of Proverbs and saying, how does it apply to my life? a lot more than you realize. And my hope is that as we spend some time this week in the book of Proverbs, that it would cause you to love Jesus even more. Theology, knowledge about God, what we believe about God, without practicality is worthless. In other words, to simply believe something without living it out or doing that is worthless. May we not just be hearers of God's word, but doers also. And we can learn what to do and how to live from this book, a gospel-centered book, because it points to Jesus. I love you. I'm praying for you. Stakes in the ground.